What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Roll Blob Podcast presented by The Broken Anchor with Andy, Coop, and Cap. You know me, I'm Cap. You know the boys, Andy and Coop. Boys, Andy and Coop, how are we doing? I think that's a question for our, for the third musketeer here. How are you doing, yeah, Coop? We need a Coop date, yeah. Yeah, you know, less than 24 hours removed from a national championship loss. I'm doing all right. God bless Alabama. They're a great team. Nick Saban. I'm sure he had a celebratory Coca-Cola, and, you know, I can't be mad. Bama's just too good. Yeah, Bama's just too- fucking yeah. ridiculous out there, and I, I, I know that from experience as someone who also got clapped by them. Um, so- <laughs> sometimes you're Tweety Bird, sometimes you're the monster, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you're just fucking, you, you were there. You guys had a great season. There's really nothing to be upset about. Just- you're not banned from the college football playoff like Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah good get, radio get out of here. Okay, <laughs> it's okay Andy and then uh in other news uh you obviously you're talking about this uh Colby had to hurry That's, Colby hurried and he hurried well also wholesome, get into con- that. wholesome content alert as well yes yeah, you're gonna tear your hearts a little bit that was just a beautiful moment also wholesome content alert uh the team that wears uh black and yellow happened to uh to take an L they, and it's they... tough tough days in my household right now and and I'm sure I'm sure Julie was having a phenomenal phenomenal Sunday. No, nothing was thrown, no, no tears were shed. You know that fan base. It was a, it was a very classy reaction. And then if you're hearing this, UC lost again. You know, it's, it's been a, a good surprise. day. It was, a, <laughs> it was a good weekend for me. You can't beat it. But this is going to be uh, bracketology season, boys. I think we're going to, you know, hit, hit it a little early, uh, you know, pun intended. Um, yeah, just whatever. What, what can you do? Uh, <laughs> what can you do? Sometimes you stumble into greatness. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting time just to get a, a grip on – get a grasp on what's going on in bracketology world, uh, kind of what the bubble looks like. It's going to be a crazy year for the tournament and judging teams. So uh, we're going to catch up with our boy Jonathan for making, uh, making the madness again. We're dipping back into that cesspool. And I'm excited, man. I'm just going to be a fan asking questions, man. I'm hyped. It's going to be an exciting interview. Honestly, we haven't recorded it yet, but every interview we do is fucking phenomenal. So it, it was a great interview. We had a great Not because time. of us. Loved it. <laughs> Not because of us. They're good in spite of us. Uh, but I think it's going to be really, really fun, man. And uh, with that, with nothing, uh, blah, 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 blah. Insert words here. Let's get to the intro. All right, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you being here. Uh, if you do like what we do, man, feel feel free to give us a uh, a review. It helps us a lot, a lot. You know, for algorithm that kind of stuff. You know, giving out you all this content for free here, um, boys. You're such a whore. Yeah, what can you do? You know, we don't ask for nothing. You're not something, yeah, not like Joe's, you know, <laughs> stacking these stacking these paychecks, you know I mean? <laughs> out here grinding for free, man, <laughs> giving out free content. Um, Cleveland, this is for you. Good Lord. It was just felt like the Twilight Zone backwards day. What a day. From what the first a, play. They, they just dominated every aspect of the game. Like their, their <laughs> offense could not be stopped. 
Like they, they scored Nick Chubb on their was, first Nick four possessions. Yeah, Nick Chubb's an absolute problem. And, and I mean, Kareem Hunt was just as much of a problem. Like they I have know. a two-headed monster in that backfield. I'm yeah. not looking forward to it. I hope like one of them just decides he wants a big payday and leaves. Get out of my fucking division. It's super valuable having both of them fresh whenever you want. Kareem Hunt would be a top six or so, if not higher back, if he was, you know, in fan, I'm a fantasy football guy. Um, I'm not an NFL team guy, you know, due to circumstances that we all know. Um, I mean, if you could free Kareem Hunt, I mean, I had him in fantasy when Nick Chubb was down top top three running back when he was good to go. I mean, uh, he's an absolute monster. That, that team is loaded with skill talent and just talent in different positions. I think when they put it all together, if they can, if Baker's the guy, they're going to be really really set for the future but just a, a great day for cleveland sports i mean we're a, a kindred fan base so it was actually kind of fun watching them have their moment especially against the, the whole team, team the whole team just woke up feeling dangerous you know <laughs> baker mayfield backwards cap type of guy and i mean they just got it done he was in the zone i think when they play a non-fraud they're gonna get they're gonna get waxed pretty i don't think cleveland's that good i really don't uh, i think they're competitive and they're decent but i don't think they're a real contender their defense has a tendency to become Swiss cheese mm-hmm. uh, for every few games. So we'll see how they handle this decent team in Kansas city. I forget their name, but they have a, they have a pretty good guy under center and they have a couple good little weapons. So we'll see how, how they fare against them. But the their offense, yeah. Why do we get all over the Cleveland Indians, but no one cares about the chiefs. Oh, um, uh, because the map yeah, the logo, yeah, it's just dumb. Well, because here's the thing: Chiefs actually lived here, Indians never did. <laughs> That's fair. Source. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, in, in all seriousness, though, I think the Chiefs have that guy from. He does like Head and Shoulders commercials, like that guy. Uh, like he, he's an oh, actor, well, basically. The guy that gets deals uh, at State Farm. Yeah, the ketchup guy, but uh-huh. yeah, but you know, you're talking it, about Troy it's interesting. I think so. I can't remember the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback that <laughs> makes like a billion dollars a year and owns like twenty five percent of the Kansas City Royals. But it, yeah, he went to Texas Tech. Who cares? But um, what's more impressive about anything with the Browns, though? I mean, they were without their head coach, a depleted yeah. roster, all that, and then like. They still go into the playoffs. They're underdogs. They hadn't won a playoff game since, like, I don't know, probably when they thought the world was still flat. And then they go out and win. And now, 2014. Now, thanks to the, yeah, thanks to the Browns, the Bengals now have the longest drought without a playoff win 30 years. So, uh, stays think, in Ohio. And the Bills just did their thing. So, yeah, we're fucked. Yeah. Wait, didn't, uh, didn't the Browns win a playoff game in 95? Uh, I don't I think, remember I think that the Bengals already had the longest drought. Well, I, maybe they did. I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> we really I, don't, I don't care. Really we we know we know our playoff history is fucking pathetic. That is yeah, crazy they, though, because the Bengals haven't been did. that bad the last 15, 20 years. I mean, they haven't won the big one, but they've been pretty fucking good over the past fifteen I, I'm, years. I mean, I can't imagine how Andy feels. It's just like Notre Dame. You get you can get to the big games, you just can't win them. And, and time it's, and time again, talent gets I'm you there. Sorry, sorry playoff games. It's 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 a tough world. That like the <laughs> the years you finally think you have hope. I mean, this year was a little easier on me because I mean, we played the best team in football. Felt like we had no hope to begin with. But 2018, when there's when you feel like you might have a chance and you can't even fucking move the ball, 
That was heartbreaking. <laughs> Andy's touching his face and getting in his feelings. I just want to have one episode where we just take it easy on Andy. I feel like we need like a hype up Andy episode where it's just like, you know, in the office when like Michael breaks up with his girlfriend, so it's like you get all his favorite things like ice cream and they're like, say a weird noise if it, if it gets weird. We just need to create a perfect Andy environment, just like gas him back up because I feel like Andy's what, gotten the what would that uh, What would that consist of? Dump trucks and beer <laughs> and... Uh, Bud Light everywhere. Um... <laughs> We'll brainstorm. I feel like he's not that hard a guy to, to make happy. Just a good Bud Light baptism and some dump trucks, and he's happy, man. <laughs> and some baseball. Yeah, Cap's going to talk baseball with me. That's it. Yeah, I'll, pick him, up in a, I'll pick him up in a dump truck, take him to a Reds game, You know, buy him <laughs> one of those big pitchers of Bud Light and one of those ice cream hats, and he'll be good to go for the next month. Um, <laughs> oh, I love a simple man. It's the best. And then uh, – so that happened. Speaking of uh, doing things that are going to help people's uh, mental well-being, Coop, do you need to get the the college football stuff off your chest? Do you want to have a moment? Uh, do you want to get into this? What do you What do you need? What What's going to help you out? Um, a time machine and <laughs> telling Ryan Day not to run Trey Sermon on the first play of the game <laughs> and avoid injury. I do think that changed their entire game plan without sure. a doubt. I'm not saying it would have translated into an Ohio state win, it would have translated into more points without a doubt though. But I mean, at the end of the day, their offense, I mean, even if they were just firing on all cylinders, there's no way, even if they had Tommy Togia and Tyreek Smith healthy. uh, I I just don't, I don't think, I don't think you can like stop Devontae Smith, even though he missed some time with that injury. But I I mean, when he went out, he had 200 plus yards and then, they did do a good job, like limiting the the rushing, but yeah. Mac Jones, Smith, I mean, yeah, all the receivers, even yeah. Waddle. Waddle shouldn't have even played, but I mean, he you was just, limping you can't everywhere. Stop that he went on that drag round, he limped with the ball. That's an interesting yeah. name for that situation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, they needed it. They needed to take his helmet. He should have never played. Yeah. I know it's a national championship game, but I mean, you're gonna just hurt your stock and everything if. I mean, what if he goes out there and like really hurts his ankle, and then it's like, well, now he's out for several yeah. more months. Especially when you haven't even earned a professional dollar yet. That's that's wild. Um, but yeah, man, I, I do think, and I, I want to hear your opinion on this more. Do you think Ohio State was you know far and away the second best team in college football this year? Yeah, or at least definitively. Tough... I I think they deserve to be ranked second. I mean, beating yeah. Clemson and then the fashion that they did so I mean that's got to stand for something um I I would say they probably were the second best team I know the lack of games and stuff but just from a talent standpoint I think so but uh Andy this will make you happy I know Notre Dame I think uh finished fifth in the AP poll but I mean I they they need to be top four for sure I mean 31 to 14 against Bama I know the last touchdown kind of came late but that's not I mean, that, that bad. <laughs> Doesn't look bad for now. Alabama. I mean, yeah, that that's pretty good. And I mean, we were like, I was very proud of the way the defense um, stepped it up after the first two drives. Uh, so I think we defended Bama better than uh, most people expected us, and like we held with the least amount of points they've had in two years. So hats off, Irish, and we covered. Little p- point that out again. So I think a super positive season for Notre Dame. I know the perception hurts sometimes, but like 
I think I think now though, especially after what Alabama did to Ohio State, I don't think anyone has a question that Ohio State was legit. You know, I think right. That Ohio State was legit. Good. Notre Dame was legit. Alabama's on a fucking planet of its own. No, oh, no so. question. Can we go ahead and cancel Saban now? Like I've had enough. I'm tired of it, man. Dick. And it's like one thing. It's one thing that he's a dynasty. I think it's easy for us to hate dynasties, being from where we're from, um, <laughs> having an anti-dynasty. Um, but like. He's just such an asshole to everybody for no fucking reason. He just wakes up mad at the world, bro. Like it's it's a it's the worst when I see him like a junior reporter and he's just an asshole. I'm like Nick, like what's your problem, dude? I love fucking Joey Molinaro though, the the guy that fucking uh, oh yeah, he's so fucking talented, dude. It's incredible. Did you, did you see his video with um uh Chris Chris Collinsworth and Patrick Starr doing the um, game on Nickelodeon? <laughs> no. Go look I got it. It. Hysterical. I got it. Dude, he's really talented he's really fucking good nick saban's unreal um oh god i, I was watching you know the, nick the stick thing i was dying you know the only team to ever fire nick saban at Cleveland Browns. Level? well in the college ranks ohio state fired him when he was an assistant he was an assistant at ohio state and ohio state was one of the few teams that he had never beat in one Ooh. try but we don't need to talk about that. But now he's one and one, so five hundred, big had, deal. That had to feel good for him. Yeah, he's he's the worst. I'm ready for him to be out of the way. Um, but enough about this whole foosball thing, boys. We have any more foosball? Coop, you need to get anything else out? Are you good? Um, Coastal Carolina's taking it all next year. Grayson McCall will be like a sophomore or something. In my something mind, the, they were the champs this sophomore year. Sophomore Alabama yeah, didn't exactly. want it. Yeah, Alabama did not want it. Yeah, they were, Alabama got lucky that, you know, the, the system's rigged against a team like Coastal Carolina. Coastal um, would have won the American by <laughs> landslide. I honestly think – I honestly believe that. I, I, I definitely – I think so. Yeah, I think so too. It, that would have been a really fucking cool game. Coastal versus UC, like that would have been like the most I'd been to a football game in a long, long time. That would have been mm-hmm. fucking fun. That would have been a good time. Like next year's Notre Dame fucking Ohio State game. That's going to be fucking awesome. Um, the next year's Notre and Dame. Ohio State. Uh, uh, it's Notre Dame UC next year, the Notre Dame Ohio State the next two. That's, yeah, so I'm going to be wearing a fair yeah. amount of uh, oh, blue. Um, speaking of which, uh, a little bit more foosball talk. Marcus Freeman is Notre Dame's new defensive coordinator. Loaded. Best news Former I've gotten Buckeye. all weekend. And that dude, like, he had UC's defense. They were solid. I'm really excited about that That steal. And yeah, he's down you, you for guys, solid steal. Who would have thought? You guys definitely got a good steal because Freeman, I was hoping – he's a former Buckeye, of course, but I knew Ohio State wouldn't obviously make any changes before a national championship game, but – I mean, I think they're going to seek a new defensive coordinator for the upcoming season. Um, but, I mean, Marcus Freeman would have been my top choice. Combs, he'll stay there as a, a coach of sorts, position a position coach. group like, or something. He had his but, DBs working. Uh, like, uh, of course, he had Jeff Okuda, um, Denzel Ward, uh, Malik Hooker, like Von Bell. Like, uh, he had NFL – NFL draft picks, Eli Apple, yeah. every single, just about every single year. Um, so, I mean, it made sense why he wanted him at defensive coordinator. What I didn't get is why, you know, have you have Devontae Smith just running little slants and they, he's playing soft zone. Just basically saying, here, Heisman winner, catch the ball. Yeah, I mean, they, you're going to get me fired up, Andy. But, I mean, they, they were good. basically just trying to – I mean, prevent the big plays, but I mean, you can get it to him and stay in front of him and all that. But 
man. I mean, I don't know how you defend Devontae Smith. You could put, I, I don't know, you could put Jeff Okuda on him if he was still there, and I think he still has a 200-yard game. I just don't, I don't think there's an answer at the college level. It's tough, but the answer is definitely not put a linebacker on him. That's fair, especially <laughs> tough Portland. But yes. Yeah. Fair point from Andy there. Uh, I rare W. In a while. Rare W. Congrats on the parlay, by the way. We have not congratulated you on the parlay. That's going well so far. I don't want to jinx it. No, nope, too late. Providence just... fucked me. <laughs> Leave it to Providence. They lost. Well, they're getting they're getting clapped right now. They really? are getting their shit worked by Marquette. Of course, Nate Watson went out for, with an injury like right right at the start oh, of the game. That'll kill you. Um, that'll kill so yeah, you. Leave I it had, to Providence. I had Michigan money line, Virginia Tech money line, and Providence money line um, for this parlay, and Providence is down nine at halftime. I just don't think gambling's a good idea, one, and I don't think parlays are a good idea at all so right this now. This is a – I bet 15 to win 100, so like, – Probably, dude, if Providence wasn't shit. Well, they, they played – they're playing pissed off, so – I know, yeah. I thought they, I thought they were going to win tonight, too. Marquette's just – you have no fucking idea. Mystery bag. They're, they're talented as shit, though. Um, but, all right. But on to the, like, Big East teams that, you know, matter. Uh, Colby Jones, man. Colby Jones did the thing. Um, an absolute roller coaster of a game. Like, one of the funniest win probabilities I've seen in a while. Um, looked like X had it in hand. I mean, Kunkel was, like, really carrying the momentum down the stretch in that second half. Um, I thought we put ourselves in a great position. Whatever it was, six, seven, eight. You know, all the momentum with – three or four minutes left and then it just absolutely got erased david duke hit a couple really big shots aj reeves hit a huge three and it was over you know erased then, in a um, hurry the fucking ugly ass dude horser whatever the fuck his name is he's a weird god i dude. hate that motherfucker weird looking dude they they didn't score since they took him out what are you doing yeah. Ed? fair enough i thought it was a weird sub too um yeah weird weird subgroup there and he barely played the whole game and then yeah. to get all, those all big minutes i was like what are you then uh, what are you it's doing? a dagger three. Like, of all people, we yeah. have this dude who looks nothing like a Division One basketball player. He looks like he should be more on the you know, polo team and than, than the basketball yeah. team. Well, you know the expression. You got to guard the white guys. You know, <laughs> you got to guard that, the white guys. There's one other guy hit the three. 90% of the time, there's one reason they're on the floor, and that was the case. Um, but I, I don't know what you guys thought of the game. I mean, all things considered, I mean, win or loss – I was pretty happy with the effort. Um, I remember thinking in the first half, you know, it was a close game and all that, but I was like, I like the way we're playing. I thought it was a vast improvement um, as far as quality of play compared to where we had been the last couple of games, which you know, completely play honestly, I thought sucked. Um, I, th- I thought we played decent. I don't think we were great. I don't think we were clicking on all cylinders. We saw Nate Johnson start to get back into it. Nate um, Johnson's back. CJ Wilcher. Yeah, CJ. Yeah, CJ. He did just hurt himself man. a lot of minutes. DJ did things. I was, I was, I was looking forward to that this season because I thought he looked great before the season started, looking at those scrimmages and shit. Uh, and then like Fremantle, I wouldn't call it like a bounce back game, but he got way more involved. Um, he, he did, he scored the ball well. I mean, he just, he just puts the ball in the bucket, dude. Like he does a lot of things wrong, and he's not, he's not perfect, and he's still not himself. But I'm man, I disagree with you there. I thought he puts the ball in the hole. like fucking shit. Yeah, I don't think he played dude great. Is soft as hell with that ball. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, I don't know how he survived Rucker Park with the way he plays, because uh, he looks. I think he's like he's not. Like, I don't. There's something wrong with his head because he yeah, is not the tough guy off. we need him yeah. to be. I don't. He had what six turnovers. Oh, he was turning the ball. Yeah, he was right. fucking terrible with that ball. And then of course, I mean Nate Watson put him, uh, like just made him his son down down the stretch. 
which I mean that that's expected. Nate Hudson's really fucking the big good. Yeah. Um, but Fremantle looked like he had no chance, so I was pretty pissed at Fremantle. I was yeah, about I was ready to get him off the that. fucking floor. He's just he's just off mentally. But I thought he was a little bit more engaged. I mean, he just turned the ball over left and right. But um, at least he started putting the ball in the hole. You know, which is like, and, if he's not putting the ball in the hole, I don't know why he's not on the court or why he's on the court. Sometimes you know. Right. I mean, and we he, we still know he's a damn good player, and we need like we need him in the game, and we need him to be himself. Which is why it's so frustrating when you know mm. he's trying to back a guy down. He's not. And he's not moving him, and he's losing the ball on contact. Yeah, I think he's gonna be fine long term. I mean, he's a sophomore. I think we've put such lofty expectations on Fremantle, and yeah, he's, which is he's why a, it's so big that our other guys have stepped up. Yeah, this team just has so many weapons, dude. And uh, I think we'd all agree. Like Colby Jones might have, might might have been our best player for the last couple games, maybe the last few games. I mean, he's been absolutely incredible, playing way beyond his years, and um, he hit the big shot. I mean, it, it wasn't I'm sure what we wanted or what we were looking for. Um, and it was interesting. I mean, it was either him. Kunk was in the game too, but I was interested to see if they were going to put him in there for that last stretch, being that he's not like the best shooter in the world. I mean, I think he's capable, but he's not nowhere near your best shooter or anything. And got it in a great position. I don't think it was what we, what we were looking for, but wide open, you take a three like that. Yeah. I think the, the way the play was drawn, I think the look was um, a Kunkel drive mm-hmm. and Scruggs on the corner, yep. I look, but the, that, that play broke down. Like they had it defended, but they left a capable shooter out there at the top of the key and he stepped right in there. And I think under the circumstance, like I think he thought I need to hit this shot for my papa. Yeah. I mean, and obviously it was such a cool moment. I don't think anyone would have even known of any of that kind of stuff. If it wasn't for that, you know, that three, we didn't know Uh, about, like they didn't say anything about his, grandfather dying and it was cool i mean that stuff got blasted everywhere i mean it was on sports center it had like a little feature on on espn like that thing was everywhere so i thought that was really cool for him i mean he was on um whose was it someone's some big podcast today yeah Um, andy katz andy katz is that's what i thought yeah so really cool moment for him and um i thought it was a a big game for the muskies i mean it this is a big game i mean just a pivotal game for like position in the big east um they're really really fighting four and five um team right we're really fighting that middle of the pack right now. So that was a pivotal game, especially at home. Like, cause it's going to be, I mean, at Providence, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's not the same road game it normally is, but I think we're really battling for position right now. So I thought that was huge pulling that one out. As far as like the way that this game went, I mean, David Duke went off. He was the best that, player that dude on the floor, was, hands down. He was a stud. Nate Watson just showed how good he is. And AJ Reeves, uh, like, he's a stud. He, he was, he he was just, the good, he was the good side of AJ Reeves. He's, he's a streaky shooter. He can play. Um, but, when he gets hot, he's the best shooter on the He can really court. play. He can really um, play. David Duke was the best player on the court, and I don't think it was even really close. I thought he no. was incredible. And then we kind of talked about it. I was talking about with the Providence guys. I was like, man, this could be like a two-man game, like a like NBA Jam style. Like you could have like Scruggs and Fremantle versus like Watson and, and Duke. And I was like, kind of, I see whoever went in that matchup. I, I kind of see winning the game, and it was clearly Providence. If it was the best two on the floor, Providence's best two are easily the better two. But it was Xavier's, de- Xavier's depth. I mean, our depth was just incredible. That's exactly um, it. Like they had the yeah. they had the two, maybe three best players on mm-hmm. the floor. Is it like I think Reeves showed that he he was definitely a top four player in that game. Mm-hmm. And so they had those three, but we had yeah. three, five, six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Like they right. like the depth is absolutely what what won that. And we just had more guys. I think at one point our leading score was at like six, and we had five, um, mm-hmm. two with five, a couple with three six with two like we were just scoring from we were just getting contributions from everybody yeah and what i loved about it was we were getting contributions from everybody in ways that they typically don't like adam kunkel driving and kicking 
lot of versatile he, he players. Won, he on that won team. that game with um, he Conk was the game with his facilitating, not his shooting. Kunk's energy kept us alive, man. Like in that second half, Kunk absolutely kept us alive. Cool to see Will Trap a moment too. I think he can play. Uh, I think he's more than just a shooter. But he, that stroke is ridiculous. That stroke is Smooth. something else. But but I think Kunk really carried us down the stretch, and I think his energy kind of willed us to stay alive there in the second half when we were really in the danger zone. One thing I want to bring up, though, going back to the depth thing, I mean, we haven't recorded a podcast since it happened, but Ben Stanley, of course, tearing his ACL out for the year. Obviously, that's going to affect Xavier. They have more big men and everything, but, I mean, do you think maybe they go with a smaller lineup? I don't know. Like, I guess in theory you could use four guards. They have plenty of weapons to do so. What do you, how do you guys think it's going to affect Xavier down the stretch without Ben Stanley, just in terms of lineups or anything? Yeah, and obviously it's going to be a it's such a huge loss for a guy that's just been through so much this season alone, like getting his waiver denied because his former school didn't help him, and then uh, struggling to get going. Then he finally started getting in rhythm, and then this brutal thing happens. Um, so we lose a, an incredible rebounder, a great score from the left side. Um, but I think we see a lot of, um, I think we see a much smaller lineup. I think Wilcher is a guy that adds minutes as opposed to like Deontay miles, who's another big. Uh, so I think we see a lot more of Wilcher at the three Colby at the four, because they're both strong guards who can contribute in so many different ways. I love Colby at the four. I, I love, he's love a, he, he plays bigger than he is. So and he's it, pretty fucking long too. Yeah, and, and I didn't expect to be this strong either. He's a legit. I mean, he's strong for. I mean, he's pretty fucking built for a freshman. His body is just. He's ready, man. I mean, he's a legit six five, six six. I mean, we had Trey at the four for years, and he was a little bulkier, but Colby plays way longer than Trey did for sure. Yeah, I mean, he'll need he a just, rebound and that kind of stuff, but Colby does everything. Colby just doesn't look or play like a freshman. Like you could say, no. he's been playing Division One basketball in the Big East for three or four years and no one would think twice about it really is just like a josh hart light man like and i don't say that lightly like he just makes winning plays he's long like him i could see him really really i mean you think of him two three years out from now and you're just like holy shit he'd be if he was a junior this year you'd be like man colby can play you know like he'd be having a pretty damn good junior season especially after missing the first you know almost half of the season he's having an incredible year he's had an absolutely incredible year and he also just too just brings so much the team doesn't have i love those long athletic wings man they can just fill up so many gaps especially with with like the height mismatch he has or like the speed mismatch he has in pretty much any matchup he's just a matchup nightmare um my big and and with ben stanley like i think it's big but like was he ever really fully integrated you know what i mean like he was getting there he was getting there but also like we're not missing a ton with uh like from what we from what we've gotten it's just well, we know that he can be and was going to be. Sure. And for he's just the as great Carter of a teammate too. he's been too. Yeah. And you just feel bad for him, like for the kid. But like, uh, I'm going to be real. The team had way too many players. <laughs> we had way too many dudes, like to, to make everybody happy. There was just I mean, no way. We had 10, 11 dudes that can play and we're, we're expecting minutes. Like that's way too many people to keep happy. I think the staff was a little caught off guard. I bet the staff was probably like 50-50 we get Ben. And then we were not having Kunkel this year. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's a big change. You know, and then to have both of them, it's like fuck. And then they're both like good players, difference makers. Like that's a lot of fucking players, man. And, and, and then what, um, we have – 
uh, 12, like, we have 12 guys who were ready and to play. all of them are pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like, you can make a case for any one of them to get real minutes. Like, it's not like anyone – like, Deontay is kind of a, a project. But he was a red shirt la- all last year. Yeah. He's added 30 pounds, and he's just a different player than anyone else we he's have. He's great so, like, defensively. Even him, but... it's like you can make a case for literally anybody. Like, I remember the first scrimmage of the year, like, Wiltshire looked like our best player. He was the best player on the floor. And I was like, holy shit, he's like 11th, 10th in the rotation. Um, so I'm going to be real with you. Like, I'm not saying it's a good thing by any means, but, like – the team had too many players. Like the it, I think it can help tighten up rotations because it's like, what's Steel going to do? And he said, talk about tighten up the rotations. Like Wiltshire came in in like the sixth minute. I was like, what the fuck? We're not tightening up rotations. He's fucking rolling out UK 2014. Um, but uh, I but mean, what can you I do? think he did tighten up the rotation because I mean, we're kind yeah. of not. And I, I was going to touch on that. Like this has to get talked about at this point. Like it can it. Like at first, I thought you know, it's just like part of a college basketball season dude's a sophomore um i think the writing's on the wall now and i'm not saying it's a done deal or anything like that but like it's obviously not good with when it comes to kiki there's definitely some uh, i'm not gonna say there's bad blood but there is it's not good at all what's going on with between kiki and the staff is just there's something it's not it's not foreshadowing good for kiki's future at x now if he does end up transferring we're gonna be fully supportive and I just want the kid to play basketball and have have fun with it and do what's best for him in his career but it's starting to look like he might not I mean the, he went to Lexington Saturday night before an 11 o'clock basketball game to be fair so did Deontay all that Miles. game what to be fair so did Deontay Miles oh, Deontay was there too yeah, but we're not really counting on Deontay. <laughs> With Deontay, it's a little bit different story. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's just it's just not good, dude. Especially with the expectations coming into the season. I mean, I think two of the first four games he scored over twenty. You know what I mean? Like he was, in my mind, coming into the season, he was easily your third best player, easily in the yeah, top three. It was that my you know, first like, score we had off the bench. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Scruggs and Freeman would be our top two, and that was a little tier of its own. I thought the third player was a tier of its own, Kiki Tandy, and then everybody else. Um, and just for and what especially, it's – especially with all the hype, too, coming out of high school. I mean, he should have won Mr. Basketball in Kentucky. Absolutely. And then, I mean, I was I was pumped about it, just him sure, playing to Xavier. Like, before he got here. Like, I mean – if you told me like two years ago that Kiki Tandy just wouldn't be finding minutes, I just I would not have believed you. Especially last year, he's, he's a hell of a player. But yeah, yeah, even last down the year, stretch, but... I mean, anything that any indications coming into the season were like, I thought he was going to be score. I thought he was going to be our leading scorer coming into the season. Kiki was looking like he was going to be too. an All Big East type of player. He had, and the thing and is, he, all he, the tools are there, still. and it, it's sad that it's happened. And I don't think it's over by any means. But uh, the fat lady's one with vocal cords. Yeah, like, it's not good. And then he just seems like the kind of kid, too, that's just like – I mean, like, dude, it's Division One, Big East Athletics, dude. You've got to man up and fucking take your spot. Like, no one's going to coddle you at this level. Like, and then, too, it's not like high school or, like, last year. Like, last year we needed Kiki. You know what I mean? Like, no one else was going to put the ball in the hole like Kiki. But it's like this year you got fucking CJ coming in stealing your minutes. Like, and and no disrespect to CJ, but – Kiki's better than CJ right now. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you got Kunkel who can shoot. You got all these dudes. And I mean, they started a freshman over you. You were supposed to be kind of an all big East type of player and a, and a good freshman for sure. But you think the staff wanted to start at a freshman over Kiki Tandy this year? Hell no. They, they absolutely did not want to start. Those dudes came in and stole your minutes. Like at some level, you got to take personal pride and be competitive and be like, fuck no. And like, he knows he's good. He knows he's fucking talented. Like yeah. if I was Kiki, I would have the ego of – 
fucking Kobe Bryant. <laughs> like, I would be insufferable if I was that talented. He is stupid talented. And that's the thing that sucks. Superstar potential. I mean, there's an alternate universe where he could be a 2,000-point scorer. I mean, and that's not hyperbole. So it's it's weird that it's played out this way. Yeah, I, I'm – like, the more, the more it's happened – like, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, you know what? He's going to figure it out. He's going to get that bite in the ass that he needs, and he's going to come in and tear it up. But when he's in there – like, he's been better on defense, it's but improved. offensively, he's trying to force things. He's trying to force that mm-hmm. ball to the bucket, and you just can't do that with this offense. You got to let the play like it's going. You're going to get your opportunities with this offense. As, with as great of a shooter as you are, you don't need to force it. It's just like this year, we don't need him like that. Like I still think he's our most explosive score. But like last year, he was the only shooter on that team. Yeah, like the only like, pure shooter. Like Paul Scruggs is okay; he's a decent shooter, you know. But like other than that, like and but we didn't have any good shooters last year other than Kiki. No one that was like a good to like knock down. He was shooter. the only one no that one. made people spread the floor. Absolutely. Like everybody else, it was like, um, all right, hit one if you can. Then then we'll think about defending it. And I do think like if Najee had come back, for example, like or you know we just hadn't gotten Kunkel. Wilcher, all these dudes, Johnson, that are like playing their fucking asses off. Uh, I do think you'd need Kiki. You know what I mean? Like he'd have to be getting minutes and stay in a rhythm. It's kind of like Kaiser Gates' junior year. You know how he started super hot, and I thought Kaiser's awesome. Uh, but like you had Trey, JP, Karim, Cantor, like team was loaded. Like if Kaiser's out of rhythm, it's like so what? We'll just give Trayvon an extra seven shots. Right. <laughs> like we're not sweating that for a second. You know, give you know JP will score twenty seven in the first half. You know what I mean? Like it just is what it is, and it's, just, it's kind of a similar makeup. But I think in an ideal world you'd love for it to be kiki i think his ceiling is higher than any guard on the roster um i, I think other guys have huge crazy ceilings i think he's a superstar potential but it's like what can you do if you're steel and he's like showing shitty body language he's the only one on the team that doesn't fit in energy wise like he's the only one that's like having issues and everything like that it's like you, you can't reward that when you got duan odom playing his ass off you got colby jones playing his ass off johnson plays his ass. like what can you do yeah, the, the, the last two wins were heavily led by freshmen Absolutely. Like Dwan was crucial to that win on Sunday. Like, his, his driving, his driving ability is facilitating. Like, he opened things up for like that drive and dumpy had uh, uh, Brian Griffin. Yep. Absolutely, Absolutely incredible. Like that, that was huge. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, here's, you're still say this all the time, like skill, skill and talent gets you beat at this level. It's like, you're really, really good Kiki, but it's not high school. You know what I mean? Like you shooting a heat check, dribbling the ball off the court is not a better shot than if we get it swinging and we get Nate Johnson a, a corner look, that's just not a better shot in high school. That's the best shot your team was going to get. I mean, you could shoot a, an NBA three, whenever the fuck you wanted. And that's probably the best shot your team could have gotten unless you took a good shot. You know what I mean? Especially like, especially um, plays like university Heights. Like that's, it's not a big school. Like they, <laughs> no. they played in this thing called the all a it's for the small schools yeah. he just seems and i mean it, it's it's all from an outside fans perspective he just seems defeated he seems just like kind of like you know like mopey you know what i mean like whatever and it's just I like think what, that, I, I think that's his personality i, th- I think like, so too but, it's also, guy. But, but also too at what level like at what point are you just like holy shit, like, I got to make this, I got to change this. Like, we all have those moments in life where it's like, whatever the case is, like, I got to fucking stand up and stand my ground and take my shit. You know what I mean? Like, on some level, you got to fucking take what's yours. You know, he's just not doing that. So, um, you know, it is what it is. It's competitive. It's it's D1, you know, Big East basketball. Um, I hope I hope for Xavier's sake he makes it. I hope for his sake he makes it. Um, but, you know. I, I wanted I, to stay at Xavier. He's gonna, he could be a star here. He's going to be a really good player. I mean, <laughs> it, it, he could go almost anywhere uh, besides Duke and be featured in an offense. I don't doubt that at all. Um, and I love the kid's game. Uh, and, and I don't think he's a bad kid per se. I mean, it's a confusing He's definitely time. not a bad kid. No, I don't think – you know, nothing like that. Like, I've actually really liked a lot of things about him. Yeah, um, at what but, point do you 
does it like hit you in the face? Like, hey, I if I want if I want minutes here, is it's obvious the staff wants him to get minutes, but mm-hmm. the staff wants him to earn minutes. They, they got to be able to trust him out there. And if you're gonna be out there forcing shots and trying to put the ball in the bucket for your sake, then you can't, you can't get out there. And it good for the team. And there and could then. be things. Obviously, we can see what's going on on the court, but I mean, off the court, who knows? I mean, he's, I don't know, 19, 20 years old. I don't know. I mean, there could be a lot of different variables, and sure. who knows what what's going through his mind right now, and what issues he's facing off the court. But yeah. you, re- you really don't know. But um, yeah. So, like, as a fan of and a guy that loves the Xavier program, if you're wearing a Xavier jersey, I have your back. And like I just want, I just want what's best for Kiki. If that's here, phenomenal. If that's elsewhere, you go, you go, make yourself happy and do it, do what's best for you. So, and if there's something like non-basketball wise, that's like that, that's going on. Honestly, I really want him to get that figured out. And so, just yep. what what's best for. Our guys. Yeah. So interesting storyline. I mean, I think it was definitely time to like talk about it. I mean, it, it had been going on so long and for a long time, I was like, it's kind of conjecture. This is a little overblown, but I think, you know, getting three minutes and then not playing a lick is, you know what I mean? Losing points, losing minutes to the guy that was 10th in the rotation. I thought that was pretty telling, uh, but we'll see how it plays out. Still a lot of season left. We'll see how it plays out. But I thought that was interesting and had to had to be talked about at this point. Um, but boys, uh, I mean, we got the game this Saturday, Saturday against Seton Hall. Saturday at Seton Sa- Hall, roadkill. Saturday, Saturday, Seton Hall. We talking to my boy Timmy Ice about that. Yeah, the roadkill bowl, man. It's this is a game where the road team I think has won the last like five, five. It's insane. I think it's five. No one wants to win at home in the series, and I hope it stays that way because I'm not trying to lose two to Seton Hall this year. No, no, we got we we got to get one, and the fact it, the fact that that one is the road game. Especially when you got fitting. torched at home. Like, it's just a pride yes. thing. Like, we got to get this one, man. Like, I, I, that can't – we can't go out like that. Can't go out like that, man. No, it's like – it's and like, it kind of happened last year. We got torched on our home court anyway. And then we had that late surge um, that we – it was just a little too little too late. Um, but we kind of got roasted on our home court last year by Miles Powell. Um, this year, w- once we lost Jason Carter, it was it was over. Um, we just didn't show up. That we, team, we we played we really like did. ass. We played like ass that day. And you know, there's a lot of factors for that college kids. What can you do? Uh, but you can't, can't continue. And I think I think the Providence game was 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 really good for us as far as momentum's yeah. concerned. That game kind of went exactly the way you thought it would between Xavier and Providence. They're two very similar teams in very similar positions. They're both mm-hmm. fighting for that middle of the pack, like four or five spot. That was back and forth all game. It's good to just see us play decent basketball again, too, man. Like, oh, it was a rough stretch. It's good to see us play decent. Yeah, what winner and lose. hit threes. I mean, even after I know. the St. John's game, despite a win, I mean, there was <laughs> a lot that it just. Even though we won it, I mean, it was not a good game. By I don't know how many Big East teams other than St. John's you beat in that game. No, uh, apparently a, Butler. Maybe Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Apparently Butler. Fair point <laughs> and, uh yeah but then like nate johnson really needed that game uh he he hit i think he hit four so he was kind of getting back into it he looked um, like himself again yeah and he was he was back to having having, having fun playing basketball it'll be nice to see Kunk at least come close to a three um in the in oh this next God. game but 
Uh, he is he is off from deep, but he is on everywhere else. Or just hit the rim. I mean, would yeah, be a good start. That, that, that'd be pretty cool. Um, Especially for a three-point specialist. He's doing everything but. Which is awesome. It's, it's not a great basketball player, but Dude, it'd, be, it's it'd like, be nice to have him to see him hit a three. one thing, too, when you've missed, like, six or seven or eight consecutive threes, like, does your next one have to be a 35-footer? You know what I mean? Like, how about how about we shoot one in rhythm that's like behind the three point line before we're especially, shooting from the logo? Especially like, when he's like completely he's automatic on a pull up from the elbow. Oh my god, that midi! He could be moving 100 miles an hour and he'll knock that down. But it's automatic like, from there. It's like, dude, you've hit the rim on like two of your last eight, and then the next one you're gonna take is five <laughs> seconds into the shot clock from 40 feet. Like, you know, how about we uh, we ease our way back out there, my man? I love his confidence. I love that. I love that it's not shaking him. He knows that he's going to get going again. Um, and I just love the confidence this team has in as in each other. But yeah, maybe let's let's start working our way back there. <laughs> I mean, just tonight. And, he's trying to match David and, Duke. And then when a big shot goes in, the announcers hit you with the now iconic "How do you do?" I mean, that is a phenomenal call. What else are you gonna say in a huge moment? <laughs> How do you do? Or so it could dumb. be worse. Did you hear Chris Fowler's call right as Bama won as time was expiring? He says in a chaotic year, the Alabama Crimson Tide are the conference. The conference. Instead of saying, instead of saying champions, he said conference. Then her troops over man. there calling defensive linemen offensive linemen and stuff i mean it was just weird it was like us trying to do it that's weird and he's pretty like on nor like he's like pretty on point yeah yeah but he had a bill Walton moment the yeah, champion bill of conferences for sure oh god yeah <laughs> yeah the champion of conferences i don't I know what the pac-12 wins championships in um, I heard USC's rowing team was Her water polo team's thanks awesome. To, uh, thanks to uh, Becky sleep. from Full House. <laughs> Don't sleep. That's the funniest thing is like Pac-12 basketball's trash. Uh, it's actually a little underrated. I think this year it's still not good, but it's a little underrated. It's but, like, terrible. And they have a couple decent teams. Their top three. Their, their top team just got worked by Colorado. But anyway, like, and I think. I don't know. McKinley Wright's good. Uh, but like, I think, and then their football's bad too. But like, if Bill Walton will <laughs> talk about those, he'll talk about the women's rowing team. You're like, all right, Bill. Oh, yeah. Like, like uh, that's where all the money is. <laughs> and uh, Stanford's volleyball team won two out of the last four championships. They were in the, um, and they were runner up in another one. Stanford's so. debate team. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> and, like, I, they have like that Capital One Bowl that, that does all the sports. Like the Pac-12 wins oh, that just yeah. about every year because they own water polo. They have good softball teams. Their their baseball is really good. Don't um, you think like the football championship should be weighted for like twenty, and like the you, basketball you championship should be weighted for like fifteen? The other ones would be weighted like point two. <laughs> baseball <laughs> might get like a one point three. Yeah, maybe. It's just like the money gap in sports, especially in college. Right, and like what's weird sick. is like. There will be more people at the volleyball games than there are the football and basketball games. Like they don't care about them out there. They care about the water polo. <laughs> Leave it to Stanford, man. I mean, whatever you're into, you know, <laughs> by all means, go for it. Who's your guys' favorite uh, water polo teams, and who's your pick to win the national championship this year? Very good question. I- I'm going Colorado State. I think Colorado State's got a really good chance. And I might, I might go. My dark horse is Oregon State. 
Um, so I think okay. they got some very good water treaders. Um, they got a really mm. good uh, mid 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 waterer, mid pooler. Uh, so they, they, I think they got a pretty high recruit there. So I'm picking I'm picking or- the Oregon State Beavers. Love me some Beavers. I was going to go with Pepperdine, but I remember uh, last year in the playoffs, their their water is just too chlorinated, and I mm-hmm. think that really, Get I mean. You. Yeah, I mean, outside of their home pool, I just don't – I don't think they have a chance. There's a carryover but, effect there, too. I mean, it really starts to weigh you down. It really does. And uh, speaking of weigh, being weighed down, how about those UC Bearcats, <laughs> the basketball team, if you want to call it that? They come off this huge win against conference rival Tulsa, and – then, I think they beat SMU actually. Was it SMU? Oh, I think yeah, they lost oh, yeah, the that, yeah, because we had yeah, that tall Sandy. Yeah, see, I don't even fucking know their name. SMU's actually not yeah. terrible. They're not good. Yeah, they, not terrible. They beat SMU. Yeah, and yeah. then lost to Wichita State. I think Brandon called them a very. He said like a very excellent SMU team. And I was like, the cap on this app, bro. Come on, <laughs> the cap on this app, man. What are you doing? <laughs> the captain Xavier on this blooming onion. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> They're three and seven though. Three and seven. Xavier and two. One of those one of those things is not like the other. I mean, it, UC is a great quad four win. Tough year for the uh the good luck in the NIT crowd from Clifton. <laughs> we were getting a lot of that. And, um Pablo McDougal still responds to every fucking thing we say. So I bring an NIT win. <laughs> yes, we are, thank you. Give me a give me a twisted T, dude. Andy, watch Frozen, bro. For the love of Pete, let that I, shit go. I muted him. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for your mental I health. Fi- I finally, it, it, it just got to. I'm tired. Of, I was tired of opening my notifications to see a picture of a UC two-star football recruit. It just makes me laugh, dude. Like, because the funniest thing is, it's not like on a tweet that I'm like going off on. It's like a like a random Xavier like gif or something. A, one of them was a picture of you and Julie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He showed some three-star linebacker <laughs> on like Julie's like family update with like me, her, and our dog. <laughs> like, like, bro, like, there are times where I'm like, "What is my life, dude?" <laughs> like, my girlfriend posts a photo of me, her, and our puppy, and I've got some fucking sixty-year-old clown I've never met talking about a three-star linebacker for you to see in the comments. Dude, the internet's beautiful, bro, and I just fucking love it. Oh, think man. about all the all the decisions you had to make in your life <laughs> yeah. that led you to that exact point like the butterfly effect like all the things i did exactly. to be able to get pablo mcdougal in my comments on my girlfriend and i's picture with our puppy oh dude life is good man i have no complaints <laughs> we're i'm it's thriving like that out just here keeps me going man i'm thriving in a pandemic right now dude god we're, damn we're who needs the beach working. <laughs> Who needs the beach when you got Cincinnati January with Pablo McDougs in the old in the old Menchies, man? You can't do it. It's just a good life, man. I got fucking Marcus doing his thing, dude. We're we got it made in the shade, man. We carved out some fucking good real estate, boys. And it, it's it's a beautiful thing just being stuck in their heads. Someone that <laughs> I don't even follow is in my mentions every day. <laughs> My brain, don't say it, don't say it. Free real estate. <laughs> oh, are we part of red free Twitter now? No, dude. Fuck that shit, dude. Dude, 
oh my god the amount of times like i've had rent free twitter or it's free real estate that stupid ass gif uh posted on my shit when i say literally anything like i was talking about the fucking mick cronin uh sean miller game because okay, that's just talk about that yeah that's just yeah. entertaining like chad brendel literally thinks that we care about that game i think it's fun because it's Sean Miller versus Mick Cronin, but I don't care about it for like UC. Yeah, like the, the his tweet, like tough night, tough night for the guys in Norwood after UCLA beat Arizona. I don't, I don't even care. know they fucking played. I don't care if Mick wins. Like I just think it's funny watching those two teams play. Like, and then too, like I don't know how that does you any good when you're three and seven, and and your coach was UCLA's fifteenth pick. Like, I mean, like I don't know how that makes you look good. Like. I just don't. As and a then, Xavier fan, I didn't even know who won that game until literally yeah. just now. That's how little I, <laughs> I care. Think it's it doesn't, co- it doesn't yeah. affect any of us. No, I just think it's coaching comedy. Like, like look I, at the two I, pictures you post. You have uh, Mick doing his little bit yeah. light, lip bite, and then Sean Wilmer sweating out of his. Suit. It was a joke, dude. Like, yeah. and so like, that the only reason I liked it is like Mick Cronin versus Sean Miller. Like, number one, that's just a super entertaining matchup. Like, because they don't like each other too. Like, when before Mick came, like Sean Miller was openly like talking shit about him without saying his name. Um, he was talking about like this former assistant, this former coach where I used to coach. Like, he was clearly talking about Mick Cronin, and Mick heard about it and heard it pissed him off. Um, they don't like each other at all. Like, they generally do not like each other. And then two, it's like Mick in a big game on national TV and Bill Walton's on the call. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to watch that. Like, that's just good stuff, dude. Like that's just crack open a beer and just watch it for pure entertainment. Like Mick versus Sean with Bill Walton on the call. Like, let's go. So like, uh, I quoted because like um, Chad on the Xavier boards um, t- took a picture of your tweet. And oh my God. Um, then, then was like talking about like how uh, on Twitter was talking about how like all Xavier fans care about this. Um, so he blocks me, but he like still like talks about me and yeah. shit. Yeah. Dude. And then I saw him that one day, like by cap X, <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, he used to love me, dude. I have DMS of like Chad Brendel being like, dude, you're my favorite Xavier fan. Don't tell anybody, but like, like we're actually like, I actually like what you do and shit. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like you just can't handle it. It's just so weird. Like that you block me, but like you still fucking talk about me and I'm the burner. <laughs> I'm the burner. <laughs> you're the one with your real name, and like you're the one talking about me when you fucking blocked me. Like, what the fuck? Then, I actually like Chad, but that's just like that's just bitch shit on the internet. Like, what are you doing? And like, uh, it was like I quoted him on the boards and was like, um, "All right, Chad, I know it's hard for you to understand um, because you don't understand. Like, I know I understand why you would think that this re- this comedic tweet represents the entire Xavier fan base because one, it's all cap." And two, you don't understand jokes. Like, <laughs> if you would like us to educate you on how to troll and take jokes, then we'd be happy to. You just got to unblock not at us UC first. anymore. Like, and we only liked Mick getting on Mick because he just embarrassed them. Like, he was the perfect UC coach just because he was so embarrassing. Like, if he was my head coach, dude, it'd be tough. Like, if he was Xavier's head coach, my dad asked me this one time. Like, well, how would you feel if Mick was Xavier? I'd be like, I don't know. Like, and number one, I'm glad we don't have to deal with that. But, like, dude, he was just – he made them look bad left and right, and he was just such an ass clown. Excuses everywhere. Like, I still love following him just for, the like, the comedy of it. He's not you see anymore. We're jokesters. We're trolls. Yeah, like, like we're fucking around. Like, that shit. And, like, is what I think it's funny if he had a meltdown, absolutely. But, like, if he wins, that might be kind of funny too. <laughs> like, could never win the big one at UC and then, now you know, like – four letters on his chest. And then just, like, backs his ass up into, like, an all-time great program – like in some ridiculous, like how does UCLA get Mick Cronin? 
like so many things had to go wrong for them to have to fall all the way to Mick Cronin. UCL, I bet John Wooden was just rolling over in his fucking grave. I can't believe I haven't talked about this. John Wooden, if you like, that's John Wooden's program, dude. Like, I grew up, UCLA was the shit. Like, I remember playing them in the Elite Eight, like, when they had, like, fucking Russell Westbrook, Josh Ship, the Grichy Malamute, Kevin Love. Team was loaded. Like, we didn't send like, a chance that game. No, and our team was fucking awesome yeah. for, for a Xavier team, one of the best Xavier teams good. of all time. But, fun. like, they were a blue blood, dude. Like, a legit fucking blue blood. And they're just not anymore. They haven't been for some time. Like, that job fell off, and it's just like – then, too, but when that job opens, people are going to raise their eyebrows. It's UCLA still, you know? But like, still, still a, a giant. It's like when yeah. Texas – when the Texas football job opens up. Yeah, absolutely. It's not Texas yeah. anymore, but, uh, you know, and like you see USC right now football. Like it's still a really good job and stuff, but it's not like what it was when Pete Carroll left. You know, obviously he left it kind of a mess and stuff like that. But like what it was in like the early mid-2000s, get out of here. You know, but uh, it's just interesting seeing that program and like what it is now. And they're doing okay. I mean, Mick's doing solid, but it's not what it was at all. And it's just kind of fun watching that fall. Boys, I don't have much else before well, this. Interview. I was gonna say, like, I mean, speaking of um, tournament resumes, and we're talking about yeah. the worst one there is. Might as well get to the bracketology. Yeah, let's get to the bracketology, boys. Yeah, so we have uh, um, Jonathan. I hope he goes by John because we don't like when people go <laughs> by their full names. I mean, we have a guy here who goes by the abbreviated name of of his fucking burner account. Not even my real name. <laughs> Keep that tie loose, boys. So, John, I hope you go by that. We're going to talk some bracketology. It's getting to that time of year. Xavier's building themselves a pretty good resume. So we're going to see how they fare with the national minds. Um, Jonathan from Making the Madness. Let's get it. What is up, everybody? We got a big treat for you, a little Jan- January madness for you. We got our boy Jonathan from Making the Madness. Jonathan, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, college basketball is in full swing. We've got a good weekend of week of games. Uh, Kentucky is still not back. Texas <laughs> is back. So that, that's the that's the status. Nate Goats doing things. Well, we appreciate it. It's, it's late. Appreciate you burning the midnight oil with us here for a little January madness, a little uh, little late selection show action for us. So, uh, man, just right off the bat, man, obviously a crazy year. It's going to be insane evaluating teams. I think of a team like DePaul has played like four games and X had played like eight games in the first like week, it seemed like. So what do you think about evaluating teams right now just with the crazy just discrepancy in games played? Yeah, I think it's certainly weird going for tom- tomorrow. I guess maybe by the time this gets released, I don't know what the schedule is, but I'm kind of like looking at teams. Uh, I did like a full reset on the bracketology. It's kind of weird. You have like some of these teams, like UConn is one of the teams. They're like, I think they've played like seven or so games. And you got to evaluate their resume against a team like Xavier, who's got more wins than UConn has games played. So it's kind of interesting just looking at it you, and you, you got to break down just more than the numbers. Most years it's like, okay, which team has six quadrant one wins? Well, may, maybe one team has six quadrant one wins, but this other team with only four quadrant one wins could be a better team. It's just, they've played less games and it, it'll be definitely interesting to look at this season. 
Yeah, it's going to be insane. I feel like every year there's always like that one, two, three, maybe three or four. Everyone's like, oh, this guy should have made it. I feel like this year there's going to be like 12 teams that are going to be able to make their case. It's going to be a pretty crazy – I can just see Dick Vitale like, North Carolina A&T deserved to be in the tournament. Um, (laughs) I mean, like just going crazy. So we'll see what happens. But Especially with the lack of non-conference games. I mean, you have – us as Xavier fans, we have a ton of opportunity of quadrant one one wins, but that can't be the – the same can't be said for that team in Clifton who (laughs) their biggest conference game is I'll say second biggest conference game is like a quadrant three because you know the American sucks yeah we we that that, that team you're speaking of also sucks so (laughs) yeah he's on board my man (laughs) yeah they will be without their dancing shoes this year it looks like um it's tough for the nit uh uc crowd for us so let's uh kind of selection so uh (laughs) format here let's start one seeds obviously we know gonzaga baylor um who who are your one seeds right now and do you see them being one seeds by the end of the season yeah i think gonzaga baylor obviously yeah, they're one, and then one. B. I'd say Gonzaga's one A, Baylor's one B, and then it's like huge tier gap. I I kind of see Michigan certainly look good tonight. I still like the resume. They just don't have the quality of wins that a team like Texas and Villanova have. Uh, so I I'd still have Texas and Villanova on the one line, but Michigan certainly. I think. It's yeah. probably them and Villanova as like the four in the five overall seed. So like Michigan's my number five overall seed. Right they would now. be that two seed that no one wants in their bracket though. Yeah. <laughs> that would not be a good time if you were a one seed. If you're Nova and you see them as the two, you're like, oh, F. Um, that would yeah. not be a good time. So um, what, like we talked about Michigan. Um, what are those like, you know, they always like say the one through fours in each side of the bracket. Um, who are like those two, three, four seeds that are kind of sticking out to you as far as teams like you wouldn't want to play or, or maybe teams you could see rising up? Um, I think I was a mm-hmm. team just offensively. They're just so good that, you know, they're going to put up points. Um, and Tennessee's kind of the opposite way, whereas like they have a great defense. Their, their offense is kind of streaky, but certainly their, their team, I would like it. You could see like if Gonzaga's playing them, Gonzaga could probably, if they play Tennessee would have maybe their worst offensive output of the year. I'd still think they'd win that game rather handily, but it, it would be certainly, I think a game uh, Tennessee's certainly a good team. I think of a team like Kansas, they're, they're kind of right there in the three line. They're, they're always good come March uh, and Creighton's kind of a team. They've gotten off to a slow start, but they're starting to come around. Uh, they played well without Zagorowski. I think uh, you, you look at some of their role players, Mitch Ballack's starting to shoot the ball a little bit better. Uh, and Denzel Mahoney's certainly looking good. So I, I think that those are some teams I'm looking at that, really kind of stand out as maybe being deep run contenders. Cool. And uh, going back to Michigan, you talked about them being so good. I mean, how many teams do you think are going to be in the tournament from the big 10 conference? I mean, majority of their conference, I mean, it's just stacked loaded. Yeah. I would set, I would say my guess would be nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think right now, all 13, Every team but Nebraska has a chance. The thing is, they're just they're getting beat up on each other. And I, I have this like uh, rule. I call it the Shaka Smart rule because uh, 
2019, Texas went like 17 and 14 and missed the tournament. So I call it the shock of smart rule. But if you don't have like a good enough record, you're not going to make the NCAA tournament. I think in most years, it's like three games above 500 is usually the cutoff points. I think it could just be 500 this year. If you, you're under 500, they'll probably not put you in. But if you're, you're like one game over 500, I think they'll end up putting you in. But I think for the Big Ten, it's going to be important that the league finds those teams that just aren't very good. Uh, whether it's Michigan State, whether it's Maryland, whether it's – I think Penn State's probably in that tier of teams that's not very good. And just – and kind of same with the Big East, just have those bottom feeders just suck. Curb because, stop them. Teeth yeah. on the curb and just go at it. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Andy. <laughs> you, 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 need, you need them to just keep losing so all these bubble teams have enough wins to be over 500. I think – Big 10, Big East, uh, Big 12 could be in that type of situation because those are leagues that are looking at like over 50%, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 60, 70% of the league trying to get at large bids. So that'll, that'll certainly be a thing I'm looking forward to. But I would say best guess for the Big 10 is going to be nine, but it, it could be 10. I think nine's my guess, though. And so I was actually, my, my buddy's a big Ohio State basketball fan. I know he's one of the three that exist. And we were talking before how they, they play Penn State. And you just, he's like, that's a must win. You cannot, as Penn State is looking like a bottom feeder in that, in that conference. You can't, you can't not, sacrifice yeah. a, a loss, a loss to them. They're like our version of St. John's. Yeah. Even, yeah, I'd say that's certainly going to be when they need to gather. I think Ohio State's done enough of a job thus far this season. They've kind of worked themselves up reasonably like the key to making that because unless you're losing to Nebraska, which I don't think they will. I don't know how many times they play, but unless you're losing to Nebraska, like Right now, like Penn State, they're ranked 39th. And that's that's not a bad loss. Uh, yeah, I think with the exception of Michigan State, everyone else is pretty much um, in. Yeah, every, everyone except 50 of the net right now. So there's not really bad losses out there for the Big Ten. Yeah, it's it's super deep. Penn State's a bad loss. It's a pretty good bad loss. So let's talk about some of our more mid-major leagues. I mean, if all these power conference teams are going to get a bunch of teams, that means they're taking taking bids from other leagues, especially our favorite mid-major, the American Athletic. Um, how, how are some of the mid-majors faring, and uh, what do you think about our AAC friends? Uh, well, the, the AAC has Houston, um, <laughs> yeah. which South State's been decent. Uh, Houston's been pretty good. It's just everybody else. They better pray for yeah. a conference tournament loss for Houston, man. Yeah. I think Wichita State and SMU are kind mm. of – I think they're two and three in the league. They're kind of battling it out. I think one of them just sneaks in because yep. I think that you'll have the big leagues kind of beat each other up, and then you'll sneak in like one American team in addition to Houston. But I think it's SMU and Wichita State who are mm-hmm. kind of those two teams, and then – Outside of those two, it's kind of rough. Yeah. 
Let's talk about um, high major leagues now, if that's okay with you. Let's talk about our, our, our league, the Big East. This is essentially a Big East podcast now at this point. Um, so I think it's an interesting cutoff line. I think you're looking at like the bubble. I think I think X is on the bubble, probably on the right side right now. Uh, Providence has taken some big losses, which I think might have pushed them outside the bubble, maybe on the outside looking in. Marquette's an, in right now. Marquette's an interesting spot. Yeah, Andy lost $100 parlay because of Providence. Uh, he had it in the bag. So where do you see that number? And then where do you see kind of like cutoff being? X is like in the fifth spot. I feel like they're probably in right now uh, if it was to start today. Uh, but kind of where do you see that cutoff being like who would miss the cut? Yeah, I think it's a comfortable five. Like I think all of the five teams, uh, Creighton, Seton Hall, UConn, Villanova, Xavier, they would be – I'm doing my uh, update bracketology for tomorrow that we'll post. They're all uh, in the single-digit seeds. I think Xavier's a seven seed. Uh Seton Hall, I think, is uh, yeah, they're an eight seed. So Seton Hall is the lowest of those five teams, and they're an eight seed. Xavier's a seven seed. UConn, I think, is a six. Uh, and Creighton and Villanova certainly up there uh, yeah. at three and one. So I think that that top six has kind of emerged and positioned itself to be comfortably in the NCAA tournament. We'll see if maybe any of those teams kind of fall off. But for now, I think those are – the clear top five. And then I think it's just kind of a, it's a bubble battle. Uh, Marquette gets that huge win against Providence that, that kind of moves them, keeps them in the right side of the bubble. But I think it's a comfortable five. And then you have, I think Providence and Marquette kind of competing for that six bed right now. You said it's a bubble butt, and I had the song "Bubble Butt" going in my head, so I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, this is kind of a degenerate podcast, so and it's late, <laughs> late night thoughts. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on an all-inclusive tournament? <laughs> dumb idea, dumb, dumbest idea. The, the only, it. the only reason the ACC wants this is because they realize all yep. their ACC teams suck. Like Notre <laughs> Dame, yeah. Mike Bray wants this. Notre Dame's terrible. Uh, Steve Forbes said he wants this. There's a reason Steve Forbes wants a participation trophy. It's because he's not getting any real trophies. No disrespect. That's fair. Uh, Real quick on the ACC is kind of the last conference I have questions about. Like, wow, man, it's kind of a weird year for the ACC. I mean, North Carolina's not North Carolina. Duke's not Duke. Um, It's kind of a weird year for them. Syracuse is definitely, I feel like, square on the bubble. Um, Where do you feel like the ACC? They literally like literally living on the bubble. Um, What do you think about the Atlantic, uh, the Atlantic coast conference right now? Um, It's kind of interesting. I think Clemson's right now, the clear best team in the conference, which (laughs) basketball school. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. I, I like Louisville. I think they have high upside. Uh, Now they're, I guess they're eight and one overall three, no in league play. It's, they don't really stand out from a resume perspective, but I like that team. I think uh, I'm a big David Johnson, Carly Jones backcourt fan. And if they get healthy in the front court, they're certainly going to be good. Uh, I think it's kind of a three team race between Louisville, Clemson, and Virginia tech. Uh, Virginia's still hasn't really proven to me at least that they weren't being in the conversation. I'll reconsider Uh, Duke. Duke is interesting at the very least. Uh, I just love how they're a quad three win, but they're ranked. (laughs) Not going to be ranked much longer. 
Yeah, the AP poll definitely owns a lot of Duke stock, but that's okay. Um, all right, I want to make you the bad guy. I, I want Dick Vitale to call you out on camera and uh, and talk crap to you about how uh, Notre like North Dakota State should have made the tournament. Do you have like a cut line right now? Like, do you have like a last four in, last four out, or first four out? Um, I'm kind of working through that right yeah, now. Yeah, I know it's on the spot. Right now, uh, Duke's out. Michigan State's out. <laughs> oh, I like this guy. Uh, so. It, Blue bloods. The resume is just it's not there for them to be in the NCAA tournament. I'm I'm sorry. It's it's you know, win some games, get get the net ranking going back up, get some quality wins. I'll I'll can I'll reconsider, but right now, uh especially Duke, they don't have the quality of wins to be considered. Michigan State has some better wins, but I'm still not considering them. Uh, Kentucky's out by the shock of smart God. rules. So, could you imagine uh, Michigan State, Duke, and Kentucky all missing the tournament? Yeah, and then you got North, North Carolina, Carolina, who gets a yeah. big time win big against time. Syracuse. Uh, bubble battle. They're 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 yeah. clearly in the bubble right now. Sir, Syracuse, time. they're in the last four in. In North yeah. Carolina, they're off the bubble now. Yep, they now. were definitely bubble buddies tonight for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be fun, man. And uh, did you just – or did you not just change the third month on the calendar from Izzo to March? I think you might have just changed the changed the calendar on us. Well, he, he's going to need a big run in the Big Ten tournament to uh, yeah. make, make it uh, deep into uh, his month of Izzo. And it's it's not going to be easy. an easy run. Yeah, That's not easy with, with the, the usual powerhouses like Rutgers and Northwestern. You have to get through the blue bloods like them. Not easy for a small program like Michigan State. Yeah, it, definitely not easy. No, tough, could tough terrain. Could you imagine if before the season started, if you said nine Big Ten teams were going to make the tournament and Michigan State's not one of them? Good point. But I, that, I'm, I'm really rooting for a Ohio State Northwestern Big Ten Championship in both football and basketball. Has that ever happened? There's no way in hell. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know about Big Ten, but remember Ohio State, Florida in the national title games, both football and basketball? I, yeah, I Florida's it, not Northwestern. But, <laughs> yeah, but hey, – Yeah, that, that was incredible, know. though. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Those are the days. Joakim Noah, Tim Tebow, those were good days. Um, not for yeah, me. man. Not for me. <laughs> yeah, it depends on your perspective, I guess. Uh, yeah, man, appreciate you coming on, man. Any more thoughts about current? Like, what do you? What's been getting you about current college basketball? Like, what, what's been most interesting to you? Um, I think you have all these games that are kind of getting canceled, canceled uh, throughout the season. It's, it kind of sucks because you get like, I wake up. I think it's a couple months ago. We on a Saturday, you're like all looking forward. You got the Spot ready, the spot on the couch ready. You, you're all set up for Baylor Gonzaga, and boom, game canceled. And like tonight, we get Baylor West Virginia. I think that's kind of a sad part, but credit to all these programs because I think over 90% of the games scheduled have been played. That's incredible because you see in college football, they're, I think, some weekends not having even that close close to that amount of games uh and i think credit to some of the coaches just being able to be flexible and rescheduling uh like earlier in the season villanova for example they decide hey we'll fly virginia tech out here and 
play a random game on 24 hours notice that neither team was scheduled to play. And I, I think that's kind of something that's been cool to watch. You see all these teams that this past weekend, Drake test positive for COVID. Uh, Oil Chicago says, okay, we'll, we'll play Indiana state on the fly because both teams, uh, both teams weren't going to play games. So I, I think it, these flexibility and scheduling has been, I think, a major win for college basketball. And I think that's part of what has made this season uh, enjoyable to watch. And I, I think the other thing, too, is you have a lot of really good basketball teams this year, yeah. uh, which I think makes the sport more enjoyable to watch. You have, like, even the bubble teams are interesting to watch, which most of the years you're like, oh, we got the last four in. Marquette versus uh, yep. first four out Providence. This uh, yep. this is not going to be fun to watch. Not, even the bubble teams are entertaining to watch, at least. It's going to be fun. A lot of entertaining, yeah. Speaking of bubble teams, I, I want to talk about one more conference, and I think it's a conference full of bubble teams. Bill Walden calls the conference of bubble teams. <laughs> yes. The Pac-12. <laughs> How many bits are they getting? Because I see them as a conference full of hot garbage. I think there's there's five out there. There's five out there. I think it's Where? five right now. We're talking basketball, but... not water polo. <laughs> Easy. I, All right. The, the thing the thing is though, they they have to they have to make sure that the five teams that is right now, which are UCLA, Oregon, Stanford, USC, and Colorado, they have to make okay. sure those teams just continue to beat up. You can't have Arizona being good. You can't have Arizona State finding its form. Uh, certainly, they have the talent, but you can't afford that. You can't afford Washington State being miraculously good. They they have to take care of those five teams just being clearly better than the other seven teams in the league. If that happens, the Pac-12 can be a five-bid league. But wow. okay. if okay. not, maybe three – Four, I think three or four is a very realistic scenario. I'd say my guess, though, official guess, they'll get four bids. So if a team like Washington or Arizona State just miraculously wins the Pac-12 tournament, you think that's good or bad for the league? Uh, well, it's another guaranteed bid, I guess. So I would think you would take it. Yeah, I think you I think you'd yeah. somehow just go on a crazy run. Yeah, I think they would take it. Um, okay, so this is like in MTV Cribs, like they had to show the fridge. Uh, this is a bracketology thing, so we have to do a Final Four. Who you got in the Final Four, and then maybe is there like a team or two that you're like, ah, I want to put throw these guys in there. I'm going to go on my bracketology. We're going to start in the West region. I mm-hmm. think Gonzaga is going to be in from that region. Uh, <laughs> South region, it's it's going to be Baylor. Mm-hmm. No disrespect. Uh, they're, they're, those two are we, just the, we, the best. Like they're, they're the yeah. top two dogs. It's I know yeah. we know how hard it is to win um, four tournament games in a row. I mean, we've never done it. Um, so fingers crossed those weren't Xavier's regions. But uh, no, they're, they're top. Uh, dogs. They, the they're East region it. has Xavier in it. Uh, they have Villanova in it. Oh, but so we're we're son. gonna go. We're gonna go here. Off the radar, Michigan. Okay, Not fair really enough. Okay. Yeah. Right, it's yeah. fair. I mean, they're playing about as good a basketball as anybody yeah. right now, for sure. Yeah. And then the, the other one, Midwest region, Texas is the one seed, but they, they're not going to be it because it's going to be Alabama. 
What's their seed right wow. now for you? John Baum. What's their seed? They're, they're five seed. Okay. okay. They're five seed. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. There's it. always one. I mean, that's a good bracket. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good looking final four. And like that, 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 that that's the bracket picks. right there shows education. It doesn't show. I just choose one seed. Yeah, he picked the two best teams. He picked an, an, another two seed. I can respect that. And then there's always there's always one. I mean, I feel like in every bracket, if I pick up a bracket and I see three ones and a two, I'm like, get get out of here. It's not gonna happen. Get out of here. No. I mean, it has, but like, fuck fuck you. You know, I, I need a five. Yeah. I need a seven. I need I need at least a three. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> so five, good, seven, nine. 11. That's a good bracket. That's a good bracket. Uh, it'll be interesting, man. A lot of teams that could get hot. Like, I don't think Iowa would make it, but if they're hitting, it's going to be yeah. great. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a really, really fun tournament. I think you got a lot of – like a Cade Cunningham could be a crazy player. Like, there's going to be just some interesting, like, well, storylines um, when we get Oklahoma there. State make, Oklahoma State can't make it. Yeah, fuck, you're right. That's it, they're, they're eligible for right now. Really? Because <laughs> so they're, they're, the they're, they're waiting their appeal. They're waiting their appeal. So, if – if the NCAA is like, yeah, we'll just we'll kick this down the road. We'll yep. we'll uh, we'll decide to yeah ban I saw, you from the tournament. In I saw April, some kind of yeah. Then, I saw phrasing today that said like we're refraining from like taking action. Like we're postponing our action. Like that's just the most like stupid way of saying we're not doing anything. Like like what are we the saying? Kate Cunningham rule. They're just trying yeah, to keep exactly. Kate Cunningham in that tournament. Exactly. No, like, no, no other explanation. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's just, just kick kick. Kick it down the road. Oklahoma State's not going to be good next year, so right. I, I see <laughs> no problem. It's a pandemic. He can come play for X this year if, if you know, I'll allow it. You know, I'll, I'll take trades? one for the team. Yeah, I'll take one for the team. Let him play for X. You know, for the NCAA tournament. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Then unselfish play. Be in the tournament. Yeah, let the kid play. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be fun, man. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, fellas. You got any more any more questions? Um, in the region where Xavier is, I assume you had them in the Elite Eight, just losing to right. Michigan. Sure. No, no, they're that's a the seven assumption. seed. They they lose. They lose. Wow, to seven Michigan. seed in the Elite Eight. That's pretty good. <laughs> but in the Elite Eight, in the Elite Eight, they were so good. They, they, they no, just I think, moved the seven seed spot. I think so we lost them in Michigan. the second round. But I mean, after two NIT years, I'll take a second round loss to a two seed. I'll take that. I'll take that straight yeah. to the bank. Hey, Jonathan, really appreciate you coming on, man, and giving us your time to, uh, you know, three drunk idiots at midnight. So uh, good on you, and I appreciate what you do. And uh, you want to do a quick plug for where people can find you? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, at Brecktall, just three. Uh, check out the Making the Madness College Basketball podcast. Uh, uh, other than that, um, I think that's about it. So Perfect. I'll send DMs to whoever owns – I'll send DMs to whoever owns Bracketologist 1 and Bracketologist 2, see if we can bump you up a couple spots there, get you on hey, the one hey, line. Hey, <laughs> I, I like Bracketologist 3. You're, you're, you're under the radar. Yeah, see, everyone's <laughs> like, you, you, but if you everyone ever... wants to be Bracketologist 1. You're see, Michigan like, right now. I, yeah. I, I like being the you know plucky underdog. If number you ever three, don't want to so. be under the radar, I can slip something a little under the table. And let's get out of here it's midnight this guy's off his rocker jonathan appreciate you coming on man appreciate you being a good sport oh no problem thanks again for having me on anytime man thank you oh that was fun that was a good time man thanks for doing it man oh no problem yeah that was a good time dude you were great (laughs) yeah we're sorry we're star idiots but uh hopefully hopefully it was kind of enjoyable well the the thing is like some some places you go on like the, the people are like super stick to the outline and then yeah like i'm kind of that way but then 
you're just like, oh, well, let's talk about this thing, this thing, <laughs> that thing. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. That, then we start thinking we'll about talk about bugs. this thing. Yeah. <laughs> we had like a soft like topic list, but like sometimes we'll just go with the energy goes. Like, hey, if we're, yeah. you know, if we feel like talking shit about the Pac-12, like let's talk shit about Micron and the Pac-12, yeah. like whatever. So. Yeah, that's the thing. We're, like we're major shit talkers. We like to push agendas. <laughs> so... <Yeah. laughs> I the the agenda I've been pushing obviously the American Athletic Conference we pushed that agenda like crazy but I've been trying to push that the that the Pac-12 is bad all year. <laughs> oh, it, it, it is. Yeah, it is. It it is. You, you just you just look at the six teams who aren't. It's bad. Like <laughs> Arizona is fine. Yeah. The basement's flooded over there. It's, <laughs> it's a rough basement. <laughs> the Big Ten's got that finished basement. You know, they got the big screen down there. Pac 12's yeah, basement's cool flooded. Table. It's got all grandma's old furniture with the plastic coverings on it. It's nasty down there. Yeah. It stinks. Oh, gross. It's, it's, you, you might get like one NCAA tournament win. It'll be like, uh, the, it'll yep. be US, USC beating, uh, South Dakota State. Yeah, like well, you can't beat South Dakota State. You have to be good, a good enough seed to beat. It. It'll be oh, that's true. That's true. They'll, they'll, they'll be beat like seed. Missouri, who like had did really well in the beginning of the year, and it starts fi- figuring out. Oh yeah, we actually suck, but we're still gonna make the tournament. So <laughs> but our name's actually pro- Missouri. I'd be kind of surprised if any Pac-12 team even makes like a Sweet 16, though. Like, I, I don't know yeah. if they have anybody. Like, they might get, like you said, four or five if, if all things play right. But I don't think they have anybody that's going to make a run. Like, that, they just don't have, yeah. I mean, Oregon's okay. Um, we'll see, though. Yeah. The, the issue is you got to beat two – you got to beat one team and then one good one team. really good – yeah, the second round, yeah. you're not getting an easy win. Yeah. You might you might yeah. get somebody in the first round. Your second round games are going to be tough. Yeah. you got to hope for chaos. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You get on, like uh, you you see Irvine beating Houston, yep. and that, that's how that's how UCLA sneaks <laughs> into the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, we can't have Mick Kernan week in Sweet Sixteens here. No, that's that's against my agenda. I don't know. It'd be kind of funny <laughs> when UC's like watching from the CBI. I can get down with that. Okay, that'd be funny as shit. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll let you get out of here. Well, before we just talk about nonsense until two in the morning. But appreciate you coming on, man. Looking forward to maybe having you on. Uh, come March, come oh, Izzo. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah. That, <laughs> maybe not this year. Yeah, probably not, man. Yeah, no UK, no Michigan State, no Duke. I'd be okay. We'll call with it Steel. Yeah. Yeah, we'll call it Steel yeah, from here on steel. out. Hey, yeah, but, but thanks, man. Rock chalk. No problem. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you. Cool. Fellows, a good shot of springtime with some January madness, man. Good to have him on, dude. He, he knows his shit. He does. He like he's got in depth, and he's he was literally working on his bracket right then and there. He's got a that was a solid Final Four prediction. I was not expecting that to hear the words Alabama like this. Mm-hmm. We're talking basketball, yeah, not, uh, not football. I'm so. really glad we didn't have to settle for Andy Katz. Like he was, he was like he was our like our backup tonight. I was like, oh, I really don't want to have this clown on here. So, did I say Andy Katz or Joe Lenardi? You said, you I said Andy Katz. <laughs> I did not mean to I shit talk Andy Katz. <laughs> you meant, you meant Lenardi. Yeah, Katz. I meant Lenardi. <laughs> yeah, Andy Katz. He makes good hot fries. Yeah. Yeah, it's 12.09 yeah. uh, in the morning. Um, and I meant to shit talk Joe Lenardi. I actually don't have any issues with Andy Katz anymore. Andy Katz has come around on the X-Men. I mean, he, he had Colby on, so he, he loves he loves him some X-Men. He's, we've, we've been featured plenty of times in his Power 36. Uh, I think the last couple of seasons he's been showing us love, even though we sucked. So we're, me and Cats are cool. I have no issue with Cats. But thank we, God we didn't have to settle for Lenardi. 
We don't need Thank no meows. You. We don't need no cats. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, that dude's so good. I love everything there is about Coastal Carolina. Oh, my God. It's so good. But, yeah, man, he was good, man. I was surprised that he had, like, a first four in, first four out. Dude, like, he, I felt like – right for sure. Right when I asked the question, I was like, oh, shit. That was a dumb question. Who, who the fuck would have that ready on January 13th? Uh, apparently, John. Uh, so, good on you. Yeah, good final four, man. I, I always like when there's, like, a four seed or, or higher in the final four. I can get down with that. And yeah, but, like like Alabama. I mean, I would have never thought Alabama is a Final Four team. I mean, obviously, once March happens, you never know. But as an Ohio State football fan, hearing Alabama and Michigan in a Final Four of any sort in any sport, talk about Clemson. Off, <laughs> yeah, uh, Clemson being yeah. a top seed in the in the ACC. Well, gosh, I'd rather throw up. But I'm sure that's know, all you needed was to hear Alabama again. Yeah, it's like, come on, man! It's a fresh wound. But yeah, <laughs> but no, I think I think uh, he's on to something. Bama definitely has a really good team. I think they're pretty underrated. I think Nate Oates is doing a fantastic job. It wouldn't surprise me if if that Bama basketball program gets rolling like pretty damn decent. I think Nate Oates is a really gets rolling. good coach. Yeah, that there it is. Coop. There it is, Coop. That's what I'm talking hey, about. <laughs> Alabama basketball school collision course. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Hey, I Coming. mean, I know I know that swing program. It's it's really on the rise. I'm a big Alabama swimming fan. So yeah, who's they're, not? They're I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, big big it? rivals for the These for days. the pack for the conference champions out out west. But uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, feel free to tune in next week to our NIT preview pro- preview podcast. Um, we'll break down the biggest tournament in all sports. And we're gonna we're gonna have a bit we're, to preview the NIT. We're gonna have a UC and Dayton fan on there. They they're on the bubble. NIT bubble for the cats. I, I honestly don't have a good pulse of where Dayton basketball is right now, nor do I care. Um, but the cats are on the NIT bubble. They got worked. I don't know a lot of three and seven teams that make any, any postseason tournaments, but, uh, but we'll see. And they, the, uh, the other cats, the Kentucky wildcats. Oh, is there going to be a cat off in the CBI? We can only hope. We, can only hope. That'd we be don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more another dogs. Cincinnati Kentucky matchup. Do I got my wristbands on? <laughs> that dude's the best. That is an all-time soundbite. But uh, I hope you guys had fun, man. Uh, there's nothing I'd rather be doing at 12, 12 in the morning uh, on, on a night before work. Uh, you can't beat it, man. This is the life. And nothing better than staying up till 3 in the morning editing. It's, it's a beautiful life here in dump truck world. Living the dream. I can only hope that you get a, a nice Pablo McDougal, uh, two-star Cincinnati cornerback <laughs> in your mentions uh, while you're editing. That's the only thing that I can hope for on this uh, on this fine morning. Because <laughs> UC over Yale and Vermont. <laughs> hey, that's tough competition, man. He could have gone out west, been a dual sport pro. You know what I mean? Dual sport athlete. He could have been water polo and football out there. So, uh, you know, the, he's got a lot of options. A lot of options. The fact that, the fact that uh, Luke Fickle's able to keep that guy in state right right here at home, he was in. Roll up.